welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation. And in this episode, we're going to be breaking down FC Dallas's upcoming playoff match against Portland. We've got a little bit of breaking news uh, that just broke about an hour ago. And we're going to kind of get into some playoff predictions and some some thoughts about the upcoming playoffs. With me this week is the co-founder of the Dallas Soccer Show, Kristen Vick. How's it going? Uh, thanks. Um, it's going well. And uh, I'm excited for there to be soccer that I actually know what time it's on. Um, it's not <laughs> in the middle of the day, random channels that I have to find and use strange streaming services to find. So I'm excited for the playoffs, though. And with us this week as well, joining us on the Dallas Soccer Show, FC. We're just going to add FC to the name That's right. of everything. Uh, is Jonathan Ross. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey, Dustin. Uh, man, looking forward to a little discussion. Got uh, my uh, Sam Adams winter lager, you know, celebrating the the, 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 the coming of the cool weather here and uh, ready Perpetual, to... Uh, it's perpetually coming. It's it's perpetually, man. I, I went camping this last weekend. Beautiful weekend for, for November, but uh, um, looking forward to some playoff soccer talk. That's why I'm here, man. Let's do it. All right. So to start things off, let's let's just go right to that breaking news. Uh, about seven o'clock Eastern time, Dateline, uh, probably New York. Um, MLS dropped a uh, a plan that they have come up with to charter the flights back for all MLS players who are on international duty, and then those players. Um, so long as they their national teams were in a controlled environment, they they get on the charter flight and fly directly back home, and then subsequently test negative for COVID nineteen. They will be allowed to play with their teams in the playoff without having um, without having any quarantine time. So this is this is big. It also says that. There, that it's restricted to some players, and there's some players. Uh, quoted the article here: not every player on international duty may be in a position to take use of the charter option, and we don't know what those players are. So, um, this is this is a interesting plan, and um, I sure hope that all the people planning for for playoffs and and planning doing the scouting knew that this was going to be coming, so that they didn't uh, plan to play a different team. Yeah, and it did actually come out uh, a little bit earlier in the day, Dustin. We, there was an article on ESPN. I think they broke it before it came out on MLS. So there's something. Oh. Uh, Jeff Carlisle um, posted it on Twitter about probably around noon or one o'clock this afternoon. But yeah, it's 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 quite interesting because um, some of us have to work, Jonathan. Well, you know, I agree. <laughs> I actually, I actually saw it when I got to join when I joined the uh, the Lucci press conference today, which is the first one I've got to join in a while because of said work. Um, I saw that saw that come across. It's it is interesting to we'll have to watch to see um, if there's going to be you know, some some superstar favoritism or if there's going to be certain certain teams who might benefit from this the most because um, I, I don't think every player that's on international duty um for example uh i haven't heard anything about felipe flying back from the you know with the international window to make sure that uh 
he can uh, have his backup uh, <laughs> goalkeeper appearance for FC Dallas. Uh, I don't think it's going to be everybody, but uh, uh, I do expect people like you know Diego Rossi and you know, Brian Rodriguez, people like that for LAFC. They'll they'll probably be on that uh, that short list of people to make it back. Indeed, uh, and just uh, so the, the other question is: Will will any of the Portland Timbers? There are two of. The Timbers that are on international duty. Andy Polo was with uh, Peru, and Felipe Mora is with Chile. So the question is, will they be back? Um, I, I bet at least one of them is. Yeah, they should be back. I mean, I don't know which country they're picking, but I mean, Peru played tonight, and I think that's their last match. So there's plenty of time for them to arrange said charter flight. Um, out of I don't even know where they're playing. I should have known that. But nonetheless, um they've got there's like the way they stagger international breaks, they're on the earlier end of that. So same with Chile. All the South American uh World Club qualifiers tonight I've already kicked off and finished. So. Yeah, but it's it, it is a, a big boo because I know that the um there are people who were complaining about the the international window and and how you know MLS yes they had a a, a break for it right but this quarantine thing was going to put a lot of players where they had to make a choice so this is this was a a good solution and it's it's been interesting because we've seen this through the through the entire season where MLS is really ponied up around doing charter flights for all the different matches um, we're seeing that obviously in the playoffs as well and now flying people back from international duty. So uh, it's it's good to see the league taking it seriously and doing what they can to keep the product on the field looking good. I guess we'll know in about two weeks, 10 days, whether that was a good choice or not, uh, <laughs> whether or not to, to, to bring them in and just let them reintegrate. Seeing a lot of, I know like a couple players have, have gone on in, on international break already and, and tested positive. So now granted one of them, like Mo Salah was partying at his brother's, uh, wedding, but you know, there, there's been some others. So, all right, shall we, uh, shall we get into the FC Dallas Portland match and kind of start taking a look at that? Yeah, let's do it. This is a Sunday night match. I believe it's 9 PM. It's a late one. So drink your coffee, put your kids to bed early. If you don't have kids, walk your dog early and then settle down, settle in, because it's going to be a nasty match, man. The weather is disgusting. It is classic Pacific Northwest November weather. 44 to 48 is that high and low range there. So not a whole lot of room. It's not going to be comfy for our South American contingent. So (laughs) I really hope they're getting used to cold weather, even though we've had literally none in North Texas, because that's a huge deal with South American players is getting used to that. So, Well, haven't we already decided that Santos is much better in cold weather? I mean, haven't we already made that prediction here? So So we should be good. FC Dallas should be uh, fine on the defensive end. Yeah, I, I worry about Hara though. <laughs> the old um, man might uh, need some oil in the joints, but maybe that means they let Pepe give it a run. I mean, I I could see we can get deeper into this, but I think that Pepe will be a good change of pace 
Yeah. Um, up top, I, I guess so. before we, before we get into FC Dallas, I guess Dustin, have you have you taken a look at Portland and do you have any thoughts around um, their form coming in? Yeah, I, um, I have actually. So I, I think it's important important to remember that uh, Portland won, actually won the MLS's back tournament way back in the summer. Um, you know, granted, that's not a, a good representation of you know how they're playing now, um, but that's silverware for the year. And you know they they weren't. I'm sorry, F- FC Dallas wasn't there. Doesn't count. <laughs> it was bogus trophy. Bogus that's right, bogus trophy. Yeah. Um, it's going to forever have an asterisk. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, and they weren't a flashy team. I think you know nobody predicted that they would do well. They would. They weren't you know, you know making all the highlight reels and all that. Uh, but they played a very defensively sound tournament. Uh, and that's kind of how they won the final. They end up having um, like only forty something, forty low forty percentage possession, playing very defensively, and then reaching out on the counter. And that's how they beat Orlando in the final. Uh, coming coming into the playoffs, they're two one and two in their last five matches. So two wins. Um, the the thing that the that, that kind of stands out about Portland coming in is that they, like. They're really struggling. Not not only like FC Dallas kind of struggles to get goals from their attackers sometimes. Right now, Portland is struggling to have attackers. They <laughs> they they can't seem to find a striker. Um, uh, and you know they've got Felipe Mora who may or may not be back. He's he's with Chile. Um, he's kind of been out there uh, playing playing the nine with Diego Valeri, kind of playing a false nine sometimes with him trying to get get some action going there um but but they 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 had Nesgoda who um was scoring he scored a brace for them and then promptly tore his ACL uh Jeremy Abobase is the the like I think he's one of their top goal scorers maybe their second top uh goal scorer and he's been out for five matches with a concussion. And so he's got a big old question mark on whether or not he'll be back. And so I think the, the big storyline for, for Portland coming into this is, is who's going to step up and be their goal scoring attackers. You know, um, the, the rest of their team though has been pretty, like I said, they, they've started out they They've got a very sound defensive base. They're defensive holding mids. This year, um, Chara Diego Chara, the the hated review, like ill ill thought of Diego Chara. It's okay um, to say hated. It's okay. Okay, we hate that guy. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, he's he's kind of had a little bit of a resurgence this season, and I think that's partly due to um, his partnership with Eric Williamson, and they've they've kind of got this like uh, symbionts, I guess you could say, where they both play a similar style, but they feed off of each other and they, they understand, they have a good understanding. Um, and it's kind of hold keeps, excuse me, keeps their, their midfield, um, in, in order. Um, but I think, I think the real big question will be, can, does Mora play? And if so, in regardless, if he does, um, can, can Diego Valeri kind of throw this team on, on his shoulders and actually get a goal? I think, I think his, his ability to create plays and and get into the attacking third and actually 
um, link up with some of those attackers is going to be very key for them coming into this FC Dallas match. I, I would agree. I mean, Valeri is always a key for Portland. So the, uh, he, he, I feel like every, every game, it's like the key to the match is controlling Diego Valeri. Yeah. Every, every uh, Portland preview we do. But I know that Bubba is supposed to be back, so that that's I think there was some stuff on Twitter from the the Timbers owner um, saying that he expected him to be back for the for this match. Now it doesn't mean he's going to be in match form, right? Because he hasn't right. played since kind of middle of October, so uh, he's going to ha- have gone about a month or a little bit over over a month without and, a game. And it's a serious concussion that he's coming off of, and so you know th- those things are tricky. You, you never know. You could think you're good one day. And then the next day, wake up and have headaches and symptoms again. You, so, like, I think it'll be uh, interesting to see how whether or not he's able to come back or not. So, what was regardless there, of what the owner says? Well, uh, Dustin, remind what did you say the last the last five or six what were two uh, one and two, two one and two last. Okay, so that stacks up. I mean, uh, FC Dallas is obviously they won three in a row. What is it? Three one and one. In the last five, I think there was a tie before those that three win streak, right? So, from a form perspective, you know, in theory, FC Dallas is in better form. To, but part of that is based on, you know, people like uh, you know Aboba C being out, uh, and then obviously, you know, we need to take into consideration that FC Dallas is on the road where they have done. Uh, quite poor job this season. So, uh, yeah, it's not been not been a good time for FC Dallas on the road. I mean, other they've, than <laughs> I think they they officially did they they uh, they got the Nashville win. They played again played well against SKC. Uh, that's it, right? Did they uh, they might have gotten a draw against Houston somewhere in there, but there was a lot of bad bad play uh, mixed in there. And then, of course, going into Portland, uh, you know, normally you'd be worried about atmosphere, crowd noise, that kind of stuff. Uh, Somebody on the the media call today actually asked Jimmy uh, who, uh, I guess, whether or not having the fans there was going to impact them or there's some players that are going to have difficulty getting pumped up for the game. Jimmy's response was a pretty professional response, which is, hey, it's a it's a playoff game. We don't need anything to pump us up, right? We know this is a, this is a game we have to win. Uh, so whether there's fans there or not, right? They're they're ready to go. But didn't he go on to say that like the fans there affect the refs and and, and get the refs on their side? <laughs> he, he 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 did. It was actually a, a quite quite open, honest uh, answer. I thought it was uh, quite quite funny. Um, the other thing to take into consideration is that uh, they'll be, FC Dallas will be playing on turf. For only the second time this season, the other time was against uh, Atlanta United, the where they they just looked a little bit off that entire match. We know in preparation for the Atlanta match, uh, COVID restrictions didn't allow FC Dallas to practice outside of their field one, the normal practice field, which is natural grass. If you don't know, uh, I asked Lucci today about you know what options they had from a uh, you know if they were going to be able to get some reps on artificial turf and and. He said they've actually worked out a way to at least get some minimal reps, um, not enough where they're having to worry about injuries or anything like that, but enough to get the team uh, a little bit used to playing on turf before playing that Portland match. Can you just accidentally set up on Dr. Pink Field? It's right next door. 
that you know what when when Lucci said that back then I was is kind of interesting, right? You would think that they could figure something out. It's not like MLS is going to say, no, you have to play on this field. I think it's more about how do you make sure that you're not impacting all the other youth teams, that kind of stuff that play in those other fields. But e- either way, they, I guess they decided this is an important enough match. That they're going to, they're going <laughs> to sort it and not make that mistake twice. Indeed. So there's a couple of, I guess, question marks for FC Dallas coming into this match. We've, we've seen kind of a, a, um, We'll call it a run-in form from from Brisson stepping in from Redo for Redo after he had the bit of a the layoff because of the COVID quarantine and then um, he came back um, as a substitute. But then the question going into this match is like, if you're Lucci, do you ride the I guess quote unquote hot hand of Brisson or do you go back to your captain of Reto against Portland, Tristan? Yeah, so. You have to think about goes back to what y'all are saying with what are the um, dangers that Portland brings to this match, and that's set pieces, controlling the midfield, and basically capitalizing on mistakes that SC Dallas might make. And so, um, Lucci has a real tough decision to make in that sense because Valeri is very dangerous from free kicks. So if our midfield's giving away cheap fouls or um, anything that's within really, I mean, anywhere within 10, 20 yards of the the, the, the box is going to be something that Portland's going to capitalize on in terms of really taking their time on set pieces. I think that he'll start with Reto because it's a playoff game and he wants that stability. And I think Reto brings that on set pieces. This game I don't think is going to be a quick game. We'll have to see, but... Um, as players come back, whether or not they're available might change that. But um, a turf pitch is, I mean, it's harder to control the ball. It's harder to judge the flight of a pass. It's harder to do a bunch of other things that you normally see on a grass field. And so um, I, you, the risk of playing somebody like Reto who can get caught out whenever the game's quick is lower in that sense. And so I think positioning is more important. I think that it's more important to make sure that you're really Lucy would be remiss to not drill set pieces really heavily right now because that's um, always been, especially in playoff games for some reason we're always very vulnerable on the set pieces and I think it's just nerves or whatever but um, you can go years back to see those but I think that that would be where I would start with so I, I'm. I would expect to see Reto Ziegler out there, but if not, maybe Lucci knows something we don't know. Hmm. So you're thinking Reto's kind of there for his his organization and his experience and in marshalling the team to 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 get be able to, I guess, um, deal with those set pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's um, because it's not like. I mean, I think Diego Valeri is one of the best dead ball specialists in MLS. And so you kind of have to be aware of that. Regardless of who they have up front, it's going to create opportunities. Jonathan, do you agree? Would you start Reto? Is the question, am I going to, would I start or will Lucci start? Because those might be two different answers. It's Uh, both. Yeah. So I I think that, that Reto is a more conservative and, 
more soccer savvy player. Um, he's probably a little bit slower than Brisson is. Um, but I think that intelligence makes up for it. His soccer IQ. Um, I, I would play him because I think that gives a little bit more stability to that back line. Um, especially if Lucci's going to play like he has recently, which is to really utilize his outside backs to bomb forward, which means that keeping that shape is important. Uh, and you know, ha- having those uh, center backs sit back. One of the things we've seen with Brisson is he'll often be very aggressive, right? He'll, he'll come out of the back pretty quickly, right. To go chase a ball or in the last match against Minnesota, right. To try to make a, a tackle 40 yards away from goal, whatever it was. Right. Uh, so I, I, I would personally, I think Ziegler gives you a little bit more stability going to a playoff match and that's what you need. What we've seen with Lucci to date though, is that, uh, he'll stick with a player. So I think that if he sees the, the Minnesota game as an, as an aberration, right. And he looks at the games before that where Brisson did start those three wins, then I, I expect that he's going to continue to go with that, you know, semi hot hand of Brisson, uh, and, and keep him in that place. So that's, that's my expectation. Of what's going to happen is it's going to end up being hedges, of course, and Brisson in the back. I, I was going to say Reto, but you may have convinced me, Jonathan, that we should go with Brisson. You may have just done it. I think it really, I think it really depends on the style of match that that Lucci wants to play. If he wants to go like he did against Nashville and um, who he knew was going to bunker, and he just bombed after them and played played quick up the middle and and out of the back, then Brisson's the way to go. It, Tristan, you bring up a good point about the the set pieces. Go ahead, Jonathan. Well, what's what's interesting though is if you think about the difference. So what was that? What was the other personnel change between the Nashville game and the Minnesota game? Uh, who was playing next to uh, Hollingshead Brisson, uh, in the last match, right? But before that, right, uh, Hollingshead was playing played winger against Nashville. Remember? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's when you look at those when you look at those two two matches. That was the other differences. Uh, Brisson was playing next to Johnny, and Johnny is definitely a more Defensive-minded, stay-back player, which gives Gabe Brisson a little bit more flexibility. I, I'm, I mean, I'm almost curious if we saw Lucci pull out the Reggie Cannon right winger last year in the playoffs. Is he going to try to pull out something like that this year and say, "Hey, you know, we got that uh, Nashville win with uh, Mr. Ryan Hollingshead playing left wing. Yeah, y'all want to try that again?" Jonathan, you just, you just, I had, I had this bold prediction. That I was about to make in our next, like we were going to move on to the wingers and I was going to be the question of, should it be mascara or Fafa? And y'all were going to fight it out. This is how it was playing out in my head. Y'all going to fight it out between mascara and Fafa. And I'm going to be like, I think the answer is Ryan Hollingshead. Um, Wait, so, so you were, you were, you were going to suggest that me and Tristan were going to have a different opinion on whether or not Santi should start. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Fine. Well, so, so on Reto on the defense though, like, if he doesn't start Reto Ziegler and they lose, does Reto Ziegler just leave? Well, I, I was actually I trying to leave. confirm whether or not, because uh, so I, I did see something from third degree that uh, Reto, this is his final contract year and Brisson's up for team options. I, I I looked today to try to find something. I couldn't find anything. Uh, and it, it I probably should have sent a note to Gina or something to, to get confirmation. Um, but that's that's one of the things too, is that this might be, um, Reto's final year 
And if so, then if it's the final potentially final game, do you play with that guy or do you play with the guy that you've got for the next two years? Yeah. That could be driving it too. Go ahead, Dustin. You want to talk about the midfield? No, I was thinking about the wingers, actually. Um, the so, wingers? The wingers. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Jonathan, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think that that Nelson actually starts at left back. And rather than going with Mascara or Fafa, Pico as left wing, I think you have to have Ryan Hollingshead on on the field. He's like he's he's in form except for his his uh propensity for a mistake or two, which I believe is why Nelson goes in there is because like like uh Tristan said you got to avoid those mistakes in the back end of the field and you got to be tight and Nelson is is very tight in the back and Hollingshead takes more risks he's got He's he's a high high risk high reward on that left hand side on defense right so um, he gives you a lot going forward but he's a little bit risky on the back I think FC Dallas stays or puts in uh, Nelson at the back and then Hollingshead moves up to the winger just like that Nashville match um, anybody agree or disagree Go ahead Tristan uh, I'll let you go first. You got a pain look I, on your I, face, Tristan. I think you can't tell with this gas, or you're confused. No, no, I'm. I mean, I think if Fafa's ready to go, you got to play Fafa. I'm with Tristan. Top man, he's been money when he's on, and it's the playoffs. There's no other time to to make your paycheck, man. So you don't you don't think you bring him on as a as a sub at like the 60th minute to come and run out of tired tired. Has he ever done anything when you do that? Um, no. a couple times. I feel like he's had some good performances there, but he's also had some eh performances. Yeah, exactly. Too. I think instead you look at somebody like Hollingshead to be that potentially. Um because he I mean I think it's a I think it'd make a good statement as a coach. Lucci Lucci really like putting his imprint on the team, but at the same time, I could see Hongzhou just starting a left back like he has for a number of games, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then seeing what happens. That gives you flexibility, too. If Fafa's not getting it done, you can just go ahead and um, make the substitute there. I, Yeah, I, I agree with Tristan. I think Fafa's got a... Is, is, your, is your starter, I asked... Uh, uh, Lucci today too it, about Fafa's form. We know he he had limited minutes uh, the last two matches. Um, sorry, the last match limited minutes. He missed the other match before that completely. Uh, I think his that's the defensive energy that he brings. I think is something that you need, and I think you lose that when you put Ryan Holland's head up there. And I don't, I don't think that you're going to make up enough um, by making that change to to take the risk. Right. So yes. Hollingshead had a a, a gaffe in the last match. Uh, he's still, I think, one of the best left backs in the league. How you don't play one of the best left backs in the league in their position? It, it's, I think, I think it might be one of those ones where maybe Lucci does get a bit creative and try to do something, man. I, but I, I'm I'm hoping it's it's Fafa uh, from a starting form versus 
uh, coming off the bench form. Vapa, he has three goals this year. That's not a lot. That that one was a, a brace when he started, and the other one was a single goal when he started. So I I don't know if I can take enough to say <laughs> either either starting or coming off the bench is a is a uh, is a big difference for him. Obviously, uh, but that that goal or that game where uh, he got two goals was his last start. So uh, it's it's hard to to say that they wouldn't start Fafa again. Wasn't one of those goals assisted by John Nelson? Man, Dustin, you're testing me. But that's maybe <laughs> perhaps his MLS assist. I, I could have been. I there you go, Dustin. Was that a was that a, a, a trick question? You were asking us something you already knew the answer to. I I just want to. I'm just putting it out there. I'm. I may, you know. So what you're what you're trying to suggest is it should be should be Nelson and Fafa, and we're going to bench uh, Hollingshead. Or, or are you putting Hollingshead at striker because he hasn't done that yet? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. Just asking questions, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some mixed opinions there. I guess we'll find out on Sunday what what Luchi Gonzalez decides. I don't know that we're going to hash it out here. So let's. I guess there's one more question mark going into this match, and it. it, it it is does kind of move back towards the midfield. Brian Acosta should be healthy, from what I understand. Is that is it any updates on that? Uh, he, he's, he's yeah, he's back in practice starting this week, uh, which tells me he's not starting. And that would be so. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I guess the question was: Was it going to be Acosta coming in or Jesus? And I think the answer is Jesus keeps that nine-ish role. And Acosta comes in maybe later. In or Testman. Yeah, but no, I, I would I would agree. Jesus didn't have the best match in the in the last match, but then uh, I had a hard time finding anybody who did. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not going to hold that against him. I, I think the match before that with Nashville was one of his best matches. So mm-hmm. uh, he was, he's always been a favorite of Lucci. I, when we've talked about people kind of breaking the lines, uh, overloading the box, he's one of the few players FC Dallas has on the offensive side that can do that. So uh, I'd be very surprised if Jesus doesn't get that start. Now Tristan was was suggesting there was another one though, so he was uh, he was uh, talking about some seventeen year old uh, striker. What was his name again? Ricardo. Ricardo something. Yeah. I think Ricardo will get a start potentially, but. That's only because if they really want to win the game, they start him. I mean, that, and I mean take the lead, right? Like, I think there's two ways to play in the playoffs against a team like this, especially after this long international break. Like, this is why this is, this is like such a crapshoot in terms of trying to predict this, is that, um, which by the way, if you're listening to this, thanks for sticking with it. But, like, the reason why it's a crapshoot is like they've been on these international breaks and I mean, FC Dallas has luckily not really had to deal with anybody leaving. So that's a plus in that column, but also the layoff and the long time layoff is going to be a little bit, I mean, it's got to definitely like drain the team of some like momentum and same with Portland though. Right. And so as long as if, you, if, if I'm looking at it from Lucci's perspective, and I don't even know if they're going to have fans in, in the stadium in Portland. They will not nope, have no fans. So it's not even, I mean, like you're just going to somewhere that's cold and there's turf. So 
if I'm Lucci, like I, I try to play fast. I try to play quick and I try to go for it. Right. Like we spent 10 minutes discussing the injuries to Portland, whether they have a striker that's coming back from international duty, even if they come back tomorrow, that's a huge long flight from South America all the way up to Portland. That's a day or two to get your testing and everything results back before you can even train. So if he's lucky, he's got a day or two with his team, right? So I think Lucci, if he wants to be aggressive, should go with Pepe. Just run at him, right? Like get the balls into the sides, rush home. I mean, if you're going to play a Hollingshead, get Hollingshead to push up further. Keep keep the field wide. I mean, but just use that speed to our advantage. I mean, I don't think – I think Barrios is going to have a field day with Jorge Villafania on the left for Portland. Villafania is not – he's a good left back, but I think that Barrios could, is definitely going to be up for his match. And if I'm Lucci every day in practice this week, I'm telling Barrios, hey, man, we go as far as you take us because we've seen time and time again when he was slow to get started this season, guess who was slow to get started? This team. And – I want to see Barrios be unleashed and Pepe's can keep up with them. We've seen plenty of times when Barrios is going and there's nobody. Hara's back at the midfield line, right? Yep. Like it, you just got to have that. And Pepe's grown up with this team. He knows he's not coming into this as an experienced veteran. He's coming into this as I got to play my role, right? Not build the team around me. And so I, I think that's why you go with Pepe. I'm not trying to say Hara's the bad guy or anything. But I think that's a good way to go, and and if it's not working and it's close towards the end, you can you can take him off and put somebody else on. So, so yeah, Dustin, Joe, does, sorry, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to does Lucci have a choice on whether? Obviously, he has a choice, right? But Hara, big money guy, DP, right? Uh, favorite of the the president of FC Dallas, right? So we know that, right? We're very excited. Obviously, he, he's been out the last couple of weeks, but he's also not been fully fit, right? So Pepe plugged in there. Mm-hmm. Does Lucci is Lucci pressured? Obviously, he's gonna he has a choice, but is Lucci pressured to play this big beep DP in this match? It's their I think the pressure's game. there. I think that Tristan does bring up good points. I was listening to uh, the MLS Assist podcast with Joe Lowry and Jordan Angeli. Um, you can listen to my interview with Joe or my, my episode with Joe back in our, on our website, dallashockershow.com. Um, anyway, so, so they were talking about the key to the match for, for FC Dallas will be that right-hand side, the combination of Brian Reynolds, who's got Olympian speed (laughs) and Barrios, who's also, also very, very fast, uh, and, and just bombing down that right-hand side combining and then, but I think the thing that they're missing, though, is that they can go down the right-hand side all they want, but if there's nobody in the middle to pass it to once they get there, then, like, what's the point? You're just running for running's sake. So I think Tristan's point about Pepe being young and spry and having those those young legs and, and running at them, I think it's a good one because he'll be able to keep up with them and be, like, be down there in the box. Um and I think, I think, though that that so like I might might go with with Pepe, but I think 
Luchi ends up going with Hara and trying to, rather than getting speed to, to the box, gets tries to get more people in the box. So he tries, like they did against Nashville, to get Jesus in the box with Hara. Um, and, like, I, I don't know what that does to that speed on the right theory or whatever, but I, I, I just don't see Hara not starting this if he's fit. I. I, I I would agree, Dustin. I did. I also like the uh, that more that verticality that Pepe brings. Um, I just yeah, I think it's difficult to to not start your uh, your new DP striker that you've been salivating over for 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 years. They definitely still have to find the way to get those numbers forward, though, right? And so uh, if that means Ricarte having to play more aggressive, right, or um, or Hara. I mean, honestly, if 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 Jesus can um, be more of the the underlying striker who actually will go back and get the ball, and Hara doesn't have to do that, then I think that uh, FC Dallas will be better off, right? I think Hara could actually get some touches in the right positions, but we've not seen that actually happen. So uh, Lucci has two weeks to figure it out, I guess. Yep. Okay. So. Uh, before we wrap it up here, any predictions? Win, lose, draw. Oh, we can't draw. And win or loss for FC Dallas here. Tristan? I mean, it sounds like there's a lot going for them in terms of just momentum. In terms of odds, they're not that far behind Portland in terms of the win at all, which means it's they're they're about middle. So I would go ahead and say FC Dallas. Lucci gets his first playoff win. How about that? Let's go Boom. positive. All right. Jonathan? No score. Uh man, we got win for sure. All right. No, I was gonna I was gonna go with a, actually throw out a score. I'm just gonna one up Tristan, right? So you know, I gotta do a, a a score. So it's gonna be two two to one. FC Dallas goes to Portland and uh gets on the scoreboard. Does nice. Hollingshead score? Because he always scores, I feel like. Play. Him or Hedges always score in these playoff games. There you go. That's the two. Boom. The old, what about, you the filled old, in the blanks. The what, what about you, Dustin? I'm thinking, I really think it depends on how they come out in that first half. If they come out flat like they have in almost every other playoff or any every other away match, then no, uh, I think they lose. But this is a playoff match. Um, you know, they've got more to get up for than just like having a cannon at your house. Um, and so I'm thinking one nil FC Dallas win goal from Matt Hedges. Look at, look at us all being super positive. Yep. <laughs> okay. So let's real quick, let's pull back from FC Dallas versus Portland and let's take a look at the playoffs as a whole. There's a lot of matches, uh, a lot of teams in the playoffs this year. There's even a play-in, two play-in games to see who's going to be in the Eastern Conference playoff. Uh, you got Nashville and uh, Miami, Miami versus New England and Montreal. So, um, just real quick, any games that you're looking at? Well, that, you're, that, you're gonna, that, we're going to mark on your calendar to that watch? First, that first one you mentioned, I, I, Nashville's kind of intriguing to me. 
especially them going up against Miami. You know, it's two different teams that, that came into this league this year that have taken very different approaches. Uh, Nashville looking to shore up the defense using a lot of uh, kind of MLS journeyman type of players and, and, and a, you know, a couple of couple of signings, right? And uh, Miami going for something a bit more flashy. That That's, I think it's, it'd be interesting because they both had some success. Obviously Nashville had a lot of success against FC Dallas, uh, of the, of the, the games in the Eastern conference, including the, the games that will happen after the plan. That's one of the ones that I think is the the most intriguing to me. Just, just to see if Nashville can maybe actually, uh, you know, make a, a deep run into the playoffs, uh, in their inaugural season would be, be quite interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask here, Jonathan, you're stealing all my thunder tonight. Like I was going to ask for some, some bold predictions here in a bit. And that was my bold prediction is that Nashville is going to make it semi deep into the playoffs. Well, I don't know if I was predicting that, but it is, it'll be interesting. I do think that they, I mean, obviously they have a, well, maybe not obviously, but I feel they have a better chance at doing that than Miami does. Um, And I think they're built well for a playoff team. Yep. Tristan. Any any matches you've got earmarked? Uh, I like watching Minnesota United this year. I think they're an interesting team. I'm always a fan of Montreal because of they've had to overcome a lot of adversity and just kind of fits and starts this season. Um, I like the coach there. I heard he played for a cool team that wears red. Um, the best team that wears red. But there's also... Um, this is a point of contention between this brother-in-law relationship. That's fair. Um, <laughs> and then I will be curious, though, to see. Um, I think the Sporting Kansas City and San Jose matchup is interesting because those are two clubs that last year Sporting Kansas City was awful, and this year they really turned it around. And so there's fan bases that are really hungry for playoff success. So it kind of sucks that like no one can really go to the games, um, but uh, there'll be a dangerous out. And then I, I wonder if LAFC gets it together this year. I mean, they went through all of last season being told like basically crown them and then never happened. So I, I'm actually very curious. I think that's these two. That that's the match to really watch too is uh, LAFC in Seattle. So well, there's as uh, people who who follow FC Dallas, right? That's definitely a big one to watch because if FC Dallas manages to make it past Portland, if LAFC, yeah, it's it's uh, exactly they could end up with it. They could end up with a home match against LAFC. Would that not be? Uh, a crazy way to back into a home match. It would be, yeah, I don't think we'd be favored. I mean, <laughs> I'd have to check the odds on that one, but I feel like, I feel like it would be a tight, tight call there. One, one of the things that's most exciting too, is that uh, we're actually going to start seeing some matchups that haven't already happened four times this year. So with the uh, with the very regional nature of MLS this season, there's been lots of, for example, FCD Nashville. Uh, I don't <laughs> want to see that one again. So at least we're going to see uh, some some different teams go up against each other for the first time in the playoffs. What about, what about, be, 
Good. Well, I would I, just say one thing to look out for is I I think there's a good article on ESPN FC about um, the rising cases domestically in terms of COVID and wondering, like, is there going to be somebody, some team that gets it or could we have another situation like we did in the spring, which is why Dallas and Nashville missed down on the in-losses back tournament where a team actually has a top break in the middle of the playoffs. And they basically can't, like, of course that's going to happen, like, because I've said it now. And that's just what's... You take those words off your mouth. No, because, like, it's just how... It's, I mean, they they postponed LSU Alabama. They'll postpone anything. Um, it's all about the TV money. Um, and so, will we ever finish the season, A, and B... Um, when they do finish the season, what role will somebody having to have been quarantined or anything like that um, play in the teams that make it to the final? Because yep. uh, I think that's a big, that's another part. I, I mean, yeah, that's that's another thing that's just kind of lurking in the background. Yeah, I think, I think the stage is set for some November drama here in MLS. FC Dallas, uh, you said, is on Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central against Portland. Uh, quick stat correction. I erroneously earlier said that Johnny Nelson's assist was to Fafa Pico. It was, in fact, to Frank O'Hara. So, uh, sorry, everyone. Uh, we, apologize, we apologize to all the Dallas Soccer Show uh, fans and followers. The- <laughs> The uh, but but Dustin, I mean, but before you you, you try to wrap was, us up, I was trying to wrap us up. You I mean, not have to talk about it. There, there's there's one other thing that that did happen uh, today, which is Houston Dynamo FC released their uh, their new brand and logo, uh, along with Houston Dash. Uh, any any hot takes, guys? The any, Dash any is thoughts? better. The I do like. I actually better. do like that. I like the the little bit of blue in the dash logo. Yeah, I feel like the dash logo kind of looks a little bit like the Nashville um, logo, and like with the the sound bars at the side of it, right? Um, but and the the Dynamo is very baseball, very baseball. I don't, I don't think I have a huge problem with it though, other than just the random adding of the FC. But, and only to the Dynamo, but not the Dash. Because apparently the Dash are not a football club. No. Are all the lines supposed to indicate the insane amount of highways and roads that Houston has that are constantly <laughs> it's packed just a, cars? It's actually just a Houston highway map. Like, I, yeah, they just, awesome. like, <laughs> kept the north-south going to make an H or something. Like, I don't know. It's fine, I guess, but... I do think it's funny that they put the two stars like right there. But like, okay, so let's break this down for just a second. I think one of the criticisms that a lot of MLS teams get is that they're trying to be too European, right? And that they're trying to 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 be European and not something that American sports fans can relate to. And it's really funny because a lot of times the people will talk about it with the team name. Like, oh, it's the Dynamo or Sporting KC or Real Salt Lake, right? And it's not something like an American sports team would would name themselves. 
And it's like they went the other way. Like they, they went more European with the name by adding FC at the end of it, but went American with the logo. Yeah. I guess the, the biggest thing for me is, so I, I think that Houston Dynamo could use with, could use a refresh, right? A rebrand, a true rebrand, right? Because um, their attendance is probably about on par with FC Dallas. If you've gone to a match there, which I've gone to a few, uh, their reported attendance has been higher because they had a bunch of corporate seats they sold. Um, but actually in butts and seats is about the same as an FC Dallas match. They, they could use an injection of, of some new enthusiasm. And yes, we talk bad about Houston on this pod because this is the Dallas soccer show. I, I, I want all MLS teams to do, to do well. So the thing that interests me is it, it I mean, it seems almost like a waste, right? If, if this is all they're doing and then also the timing is a bit unusual. So Houston is out of the playoffs isn't going to play again until March. Is this the time to be doing a rebrand? They're about to lose Harden from the Rockets. Yeah, I was going to say, what so. is, Harden's a, a part yeah. owner of the team. So what does that do if he's – didn't he? Didn't he buy part of the team? You can still own the team and leave the city. No, that's not how it works. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that I think that they just are trying to seize the the lull in domestic soccer news before it ramps up again this weekend. So, go for it. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you look at like rebrands, and there is like a debate between like at what point do MLS clubs start saying they have quote unquote history when they really don't versus ones that really do like we are an original club or whatever. Does that mean that Dallas has history or does it just mean that we happen to have an owner that lived in Dallas that had enough money to buy a franchise and he owned like six of them or whatever. Cause like, yeah, it's fine. I think that the biggest thing is going to be, does this lead to increased partnerships with the community Whenever you can actually sit a butt in the stand and feel comfortable doing that, will they increase their ticket sales? Because they've got the stadium, relatively nice location for people to come see it. They're actually in the city of Houston, I think, um, whereas we are not in the city of Dallas. So, And we're not even geographically connected to the city of Dallas. You've got to cross a couple cities first. Um, so, um, the tollway counts as its own city. We're in a different Especially county. during rush hour. We're in a different county, too. So, um, <laughs> all right, our well, third county, I believe. Um, <laughs> let us know what you guys think about the new, new, the new, the Houston rebrand. Who do you think is going to get the start? So, do we get our predictions right? Let us know on social media at Dallas Soccer Show on Twitter. That's where we uh, hang out most. You can get our the matches on ESPN, by the way. Yes, ESPN, big, big ESPN. Yes. Yes. So, so watch it. Stay up with late with us on Sunday night. You can catch our our websites dallassoccershow.com for Tristan Vic, Jonathan Roz. It's the, the the name goes on after Roz, but I'll just stop at Roz. Jonathan. Right, Roz. I'm, I'm changing it to Jonathan Roz FC. By the way. Oh, Jonathan Roz FC. I'm Dustin Nation. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Mm-hmm.